Yep, there we go. Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight I am joined by Justin Ayotte. A.K.A. The Search for Boris. <laughs> Milos. Oh, hello, A.K.A. Boris is sleeping. <laughs> and once again, our mission specialist, Mr. Josh Krubner. I'm a podcaster, John, not a doctor. <laughs> uh... We are here to review uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock in the latest of our Star Trek Away Mission series. So let's just, I mean, normally we start with, you know, how we were first exposed to these movies. I'm betting that for all of us, this was basically the same thing as Khan, where we all kind of saw it on home video at some point. It was in the video cabinet. Okay, just so I figure we can save, like... The complete mm-hmm. repetition of, you know, completely repeating the exact thing we did for that last week. So that will change slightly with Voyage Home, just because I did actually see that one in a theater. But um, and it was actually the first Trek thing I ever saw. We'll get into that down the road. Um, so I did a little bit of our basic like budget and grosses research on this one. Uh, released June first, nineteen eighty four. At a budget of 16 million, so still in the fairly low like TV budget range, but a little more than Khan. Uh, I'm not sure where that money went, because it looks, I mean, compared to Khan, this one looks cheap. Um, I mean, I do like it, but it looks cheap in comparison. Uh, and it grossed uh, 76 million on that budget, so that's a pretty decent multiplier even for back then. Um, so I guess what I, I can do a fairly quick run on the plot with this one. It's pretty simple. I don't think I, I'll butcher it too bad. Any objections? Go for it. No, go right. for it, man. So we are probably a week or two after the events of Khan. Uh, the Enterprise is slowly limping back to Earth. And, um, and so you have... Uh, McCoy is acting a little strange in that he uh, he breaks into Spock's quarters, which have been seal- sealed for security purposes, and Kirk goes in there to talk to him, and uh, McCoy starts ranting about, why did you leave? And it, and it kind of, you know, the dialogue sounds like Nimoy. It's supposed to sound like Nimoy, I guess. Um, and he just kind of starts going on, why did you leave me on Genesis? Climb the steps on this, on this mountain, uh, which... You know, Kirk is confused. He says, you know, why are you talking about going something that's on Vulcan? We're we're at home right now. We're on we're on Earth. What are you doing? Um so uh after that, uh Kirk hopes to, you know, have the Enterprise uh repaired and go back out to the uh now the Genesis planet, which was which is in the Mutara Nebula where the battle with Khan was in the last film. Um, his son David and Savik are on a kind of a side plot. They're um, exploring the planet for scientific purposes um, as, you know, this is the first example of the Genesis effect. Uh, so they're looking at it for uh, science purposes. Uh, Kirk is told that the Enterprise is going to be decommissioned, and they're all going to be reassigned, and I'm assuming Kirk will be kicked back upstairs to do Admiral stuff. 
Um, so that's going on, and at the same time, you have a Klingon Captain uh, Krug, played by Christopher Lloyd, uh, and we'll get into that. Great Scott Marty! Say that again? Great Scott Marty! Yeah, uh, we'll talk about how that fucking blew my mind, because I saw this after <laughs> Back to the Future, um, even though it came out before. Um, so, he is... He is trying to get his hands on the uh, information around the Genesis uh, device uh, because he, like most other Klingons, believes it to be a, a weapon created by the Federation to subjugate all the other uh, planetary societies around them. So he gets he somehow gets it from like a trader or like a black market guy. They don't really get into how, but so he has like the basic scientific information. And he goes to where the planet was. Um, Starfleet people are not allowed to go to uh, back to Mutara, and it's not really even allowed to be discussed. So uh, you find out, you know, that uh, Kirk's having like a little debriefing session with all the crew members, with the exception of McCoy, who is just kind of they say he's like off in a corner resting somewhere. And uh, Spock's dad, Sarek, shows up, played by the great Mark Leonard, who um, essentially makes Kirk aware that, you know, uh, Vulcans don't die in the normal way, in the sense of they take their... If they know their death is coming, they would normally transfer a thing called their Catra, which is basically like the Vulcan soul, to another Vulcan for the purposes of... And they don't really get into exactly what you do with this until I think the first JJ movie mentions it. Like they have these caves on Vulcan where you like deposit these these like mental patterns into like crystals, and then you can go like commune with them telepathically and stuff. Uh, that that comes up in the first JJ movie, I believe. Um, but at this point, it's just this idea that he. That he had a chance to like transfer his immortal soul to somebody else, and Sarek is convinced that it's Kirk. Um, so he doesn't mind meld with him, doesn't find anything. They go back and look at the the video of the like the flight recorder of the engine room from Khan, and figure out that it was McCoy. Um, so uh, McCoy goes to a bar and tries to hire a uh, like a freighter to go get him to get him to the Genesis planet, and for the longest time, I thought the alien with the Yoda speak and the big ears was played by uh, René Aubergenois, who also played Odo on Deep Space Nine. I actually looked it up in the credits this time and was sorely disappointed that it was not him. Um, but, uh, so then, Kirk goes to Starfleet and basically, we don't see this discussion, but Kirk, or we do, he, he talks to the guy that it, the answers to directly about like you know um there might be a chance to bring spock back to life so we should like go do that um because you also find out on the genesis planet that uh the torpedo with spock's body on it landed on this planet and they go uh david and savick find it and it's empty um so they posit that the the uh whatever causes the Genesis effect might have brought him back to life somehow. Um, so Kirk has this idea to take the Enterprise and go there and 
pick up the body or whatever they think they're going to do. Well, if not. I got the idea right, he was supposed to bring both uh, Spark's consciousness and, and his body, body to Vulcan. To Vulcan for the reintegration thing, yeah. Um, so Starfleet tells him no. So he and the rest of the, the crew folks uh, hatch this plot to steal the Enterprise and go to Mutara anyway. So that occurs, and uh, there's some fun fun sequences through that. You know, Sulu and Uhura have their moments. Uh, Scotty has a moment with uh, Doogie Hauser's dad, um, who plays the captain of the Excelsior in this movie. Um, so then they go to they go to Mutara, they go to the Genesis planet, and they have a confrontation with the with the Klingon guy who uh, has uh, Savick and David and Spock, like young, mindless Spock on the planet. Um, he basically, just to prove his point, has his soldiers kill one of the hostages, and David ends up getting stabbed. He, um, he essentially tries to save Savick and gets stabbed. And you find out, too, that he used the reason... This planet is very unstable. It's got, like, multiple ecosystems on it, and it's aging very rapidly, and you find out that that's because uh, David used an unstable substance in the in the Genesis uh, device um, cut corners, basically. So when he dies, it's sort of like the, the writer, you know, like, the guy who makes the big uh, cosmic mistake has to get come up in somehow, so he dies. So then... Uh, fight between Kirk and and the Christopher Lloyd Klingon on the planet, um, which ends with the line that I still hate to this day, where Kirk is booting the guy in the face and just says, "I have had enough of you." In the like cheesiest thing I've ever seen in one of these movies, still to this day. Um, so the Enterprise, the also the. Uh, they beam down to the planet. The Enterprise is beaten to shit. Um, they allow uh, Christopher Lloyd's crew to go over and uh, board the Enterprise with the idea that they set the self-destruct thing and blow it up. So now they have no way off this planet as it's falling apart. And um, they're able to uh, beam over to the Klingon ship and essentially steal it. And then they, go, they take Spock's body and and McCoy and go to Vulcan and do the whole reintegration thing and Spock comes back. I mean, it's a very long ceremony. Like, it goes on for quite a while in a fairly short film. I mean, this movie's only an hour 45. Um, goes on for quite a while. Uh, Spock is back, although his memory is not 100% at the get-go, but that's basically right how the movie ends. They don't really get into it all that much. Um, you just have the last shot of, like, him remembering what Kirk's first name was, and, like, everybody's all happy and stuff, and that, and it ends with, like, something like, and the adventure, the adventure continues, meaning that there will be more of these movies, and given what this one grossed at the time, there was probably no question that they were going to do another one of these movies at that point. So, that's the, I guess, quick and dirty version of this plot. Um... Quick thoughts. I guess we'll start with Justin. What's your? What are your impressions of this film? I know you're a huge Christopher Lloyd person, so what, yeah. what was it like for you to see him in a villain role? 
Well, not not only am I a huge Christopher Lloyd person, but um, I'm also a big fan of the Klingons. Um, you know, mostly mostly next gen and on, but um, yeah. So just kind of seeing him in this role wasn't really wasn't really thrilled. Uh, I don't think he did a great job. Um, I think really I'm kind bad. of in the minority on that. I think he's great. Uh, I mean. Yeah, see, yeah, I think I think a lot of people think he's great. Yeah. I don't know. He seemed he seemed to really like ham it up a lot, which I get it. Like that's kind of what the deal was at the time. But it's like I don't know. It, it just kind of I think on top of like kind of like the cheapiness of like the sets and stuff, it just kind of seemed like he, uh, you know, he was kind of just like I don't know. It could it could have been better. Let's just say that. And, yeah. uh, but I mean, you know, I but but I I like I liked how like how much gusto you know he gave to the role and like how much like you know it seemed like he really put his all into it, which you know is something that they usually do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I read something which was kind of interesting. To tie into what uh, Justin brought up, I think he would as a villain. I think he did great. But I think if you try to compare him to other Klingons, like he doesn't come out as being Klingon-y. Yeah, so I mean to me, I it think be... as far as his performance goes and his role go, like he was he was a great villain, but it's like his behavior isn't something you would associate with Klingon. Well, he's really the only. He's really the only. Yeah, I think. I mean, he's the only Klingon villain that tops him is Chang. Really, to me. Uh, no, I actually, I absolutely love him. Like Commander Krug. Yeah. He was great. I loved him. Yep. Like his I, performance and wait. everything. Like he was. Wait, do you mean you don't like the Duras sisters? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, crappy, crappy talking through teeth and cleavage windows? No. No, no, no. Not at all. Yeah, but you bang him. But I think they're we'll both. Let him bang you. Um. So, yeah, apparently this was originally, um, Nimoy originally wanted to use the Romulans here instead of the Klingons, and that was vetoed by the studio. Um, so I'm wondering, I'm well, wondering. Well, that's, be- well that, that's because, like, at the time, I think people knew the Klingons more as, like, the villains or whatever than the Romulans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though the yeah, Romulans are this, the longest and oldest Lloyd, enemies of the Federation. Mm-hmm. Lloyd's performance would have made much more sense as a Romulan than he did as a Klingon. Yeah, I think he was just hamming it up doing like the TV show and he had no idea how to play a Klingon. Yeah. There yeah. actually were. But he did a great villain. Like, without a question. Yep. I read some things that said that when they're on the planet set, he, uh, they had to regularly remind him there were a couple scenes where he was like talking into the communicator and they had to like regularly remind him to do that because otherwise he would just kind of yell shit up into the sky thinking that the ship was supposed to hear him. <laughs> um, and there's actually a couple scenes where I think he does that and they just they just cut around it. Um, he was out oh, of his time. And this was, uh, this was Nimoy's first movie, right? Yeah. As a yeah, because he does four after this, and then I, do, I think three three men and a baby is after that. So I mean, yeah, uh, no, what the hell he was doing, and uh, they they probably like took him for a ride for fun. Yep, and I do. 
Plus, plus this was like, plus this was like right in the middle of taxi, I think. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, he's kind of, kind of bouncing between two worlds right there. Now, one of the other things I thought was interesting about this movie in general was, um, uh, Kirstie Alley gets replaced by Robin Curtis. Um, from what I could, from what I could see here, uh, this was a money thing, in that she believed. Uh, Kirstie Alley believed that, you know, Spock was dead, she was going to be the new Spock, and she wanted more money from them. And they were like, fuck you, no. Go. <laughs> Just replace her. <laughs> yep. And actually, this will come up again when we get to Undiscovered Country. Um, just remind me of, I'll, I mean, I'll probably remember that, but just remind me of that if I don't. That the Kirstie Alley thing comes up again for Undiscovered Country. Um... I was gonna say, why they get Kim Cattrall on the cheap? Well, they wanted. Well, we'll we'll mention it now. <laughs> they tried to get Kirstie Alley to come back for six because one of the thing I'm, one I'm, of the things that was in the script, but they don't ever go into it all that much in Khan or this movie, that Savick was supposed to be half Romulan. So, if she was uh, if she was the one who turns on Spock in Undiscovered Country, that's a bigger deal than. You know, some rando who we'd never seen before, who was basically the same character <laughs> with worse hair. Um, so yeah, the original intention was that Savick was going to be half Romulan, and some of the side material uses this, but none of the obviously she doesn't have a a big enough role in these movies, or is never used again after that for this to come up anywhere. Um, yeah, they did bring back. Uh, uh, um, David Marcus. Uh, the actor would die a couple years after this from uh, HIV. Uh, he died at the age of 29 from HIV. Um, so that was... And he'd also done... He did one episode of TNG in season one. Uh, the one with the... The one with drug, the drug dealers. Um with those two planets where one had the other one ad- addicted to a drug or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Symbiosis, right? Yeah, symbiosis, yep. Yeah, um, I actually found myself enjoying this one a lot more than I have in the past. Um, maybe just, and I, I'm not even sure I could tell you why, but it just, it comes off, I guess, Maybe I, I've gotten uh, a little bit more forgiving in my old age, but it just comes off lighter now than it, you know. And like, I don't. Have... I think big part of that is because we watched it right after Khan, and yep. we watched it right after uh, motion picture. And then when you compare it to motion picture, like everything's better than motion picture. Right. Right. So like that subconsciously, it's like, well, at least it's better than motion picture. Right. I also think though, it's like. Let's let's wait let's wait a couple movies until you say that. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> Final Frontier might might push that idea. Um, although I, I'm really yeah. Well, at the time. <laughs> although I'm really curious, we uh, Tim Kale has said he wants to do that one with us. He can actually he claims he actually has has a defense for that as a good film. I think if I remember what he. Well, you did bring it up, and I really wonder what... I haven't watched it in ages. I haven't either. So really, I'm really curious. I, mean, I, I watched it when I marathoned it. everything recently, but that was like two years ago now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. This, 
Well, it was even longer for me, so I mean, and I, I hardly remember any of them. This movies. this movie, I guess, also because it sort of comes off to me as, and I mean, maybe it's different if we had been old enough to have seen it in theaters and have been part of this fan community leading up to this in real time, but like, I guess I've never because I've never seen this one without the knowledge that Spock comes back from the dead, like, it doesn't carry, I mean, it's a it's a fun, light little thing, but it doesn't carry the same weight for me that it might for, like, older fans who remember that period of time between Khan and this one, where there's probably tons of speculation and all that kind of thing. I mean, I've never, you know, and as, as long as I've been into this stuff, it's like, I've never viewed this movie as, like, Gee, I wonder if they're going to succeed in bringing Spock back because I've seen the ones that, the the first thing I ever saw was the movie right after this where you already knew he had come back from the dead. So like I well, well that's kind of that's kind of like speaking of another Star franchise, it's kind of like Empire Strikes Back. You know what yeah. I mean where like, you know, growing up with that as part of the pop culture, you know, ethos or whatever. So it's like, you know, it kind of ruins that surprise in a general sense. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's still it's still a good movie, yeah, though, even though you know that Spock comes back at the it's end. It's a solid, fun little movie, I got to say. Um, I do. I think I have it. I think I have it higher than a lot of fans do, because it seems like this movie gets a lot of. Uh, a lot of it gets trashed on, it high, which it I does. don't understand. And why. I, I'm like. They're like, oh, everything but the uh, everything but the odd numbers, and I'm like, well, I mean, search for Spock isn't that bad. I mean, you know, I get it. it's like a fun little thing saying, you know, that you know one and five are trash, but it's like yeah. three isn't that actually, bad. I mean, I have it enough. Yeah, I actually think if you go, if you throw out the JJ stuff, if you just go the first ten, if you just go the TOS and TNG movies, I would argue that this one is the best of the odd numbered films. Um, you know, that's just me, but. And then you can't even say, you, and even technically after like, what, Nemesis, you can't say that the even ones or whatever are the best because Nemesis is an even yeah. number one. But in my mind, Nemesis is like the only, the only even numbered one that's really bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Well, that's true. So, oh, well, I mean, I guess if you count In the Darkness as Quell, then maybe... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but I if guess. you're sticking to original fan... Yeah, if you're, sticking to, if you're sticking to the non-JJ stuff, I would say Nemesis is the only even number one that sucks. Um, but we'll get into that at some point in the next few months, I hope. Uh, just, well, I'm so, I looked it up because I wasn't sure. Spock actually beat Gene Grain coming back by three years. So I think he started the trend. Oh, really? Really? I I assumed the Gene Grey story before that was the Gwen Stacy, but that was a clone. Like Gene was the first one to definitively die and then be brought back. So I guess they just ripped off Spock because I mean, you know, all the writers were huge in Star Trek. I'm sure they're all nerds. Gene! Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually, I don't remember which show it was on. It was a while ago. We were talking about, uh, in some show, or maybe it was RoboCop. Uh, Miguel Ferrer came up in conversation, and 
we were talking about how he'd never been on anything Trek related and how we were shocked by that. I think he's in this movie. It's just not, it's just not yeah. credited. He's on the bridge of the Excelsior. He just has hair. <laughs> I mean, there's a guy on the bridge of the Excelsior who looks and sounds a lot like him, and he just has hair. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, Two duck duck I'm convinced it was him, even though if you go look at his IMDb page, I'm pretty sure there's nothing listed. Uh, but maybe I didn't go back far enough either. I don't know. Um, Spot conspiracy yeah, could be. Going to the way back machine there. Um. Yeah. So I I find myself curious, like, you know, I think and I think we talked about this a little bit with Khan, Justin. I think you're right that there were never any plans to do this without the idea of bringing him back. Uh, because I looked for like alternate scripts or whatever where they were writing something that where he wasn't or like where they're just going to try to go forward without him. And from everything I I saw too, he had started to have a big part while they were filming Khan about about coming back. So obviously he ends up directing this movie and I think he had input into the script so he was you know, he was even helping so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. You didn't go far enough. He's credited as the first officer. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't. Okay. Yep. Also, yeah. uh, fun fact, which now I need to I think rewatch it again. Uh, John, John Lacroix is also in Larroquette. Yes, he's also in this movie, which I for some reason he was don't Klingon remember. Who was like you said you'd killed me. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he says molts yeah, on here. Yeah, he was the the one. Yeah, he was the one when they first get on the Klingon ship. He was like, uh, "Help us or die. I don't deserve to live." And then later, toward the toward the end, he says, uh, "You said you'd kill me," and Kurt just goes, "I lied." I lied. <laughs> I love. I love. <laughs> I just love how like cheesy. Like all those yeah. lines are and stuff. Like, <laughs> like they clearly, they clearly are just like kind of like parodying like the the you know TOS, you know, with how the Klingons were depicted yeah. then, you know. But it's just it's just hilarious, especially like being a next gen a next gen fan, yeah. and it's like <laughs> I could never see like Bartok. I mean. You know, talking like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The start of the honor code is in here. You know, but I mean, they clearly get into that more with TOS. Um, but I mean, at least the basic idea of, you know, how aggressive they are and stuff like that starts to come out here. And then you see more of it. At least. And at least we get the modern look in yeah, this one. Yeah, I actually read something yeah. that said that Christopher Lloyd was the first person to wear the, what we consider the, and obviously the current shows have messed with it since, but what we consider the modern look of the Klingons to be, the first person to actually do that on screen was Lloyd. Mm. Um, because they had like a proto version of the heads in uh, motion picture for that one scene where you see like the Klingon ships and stuff, but it's not what, it's mm. not what those end up being. Um, he makes some weird choices too, uh, by the way, 
Um, I'm betting they gave... I'm betting Nimoy gave him a lot of room to just, you know, just play it however you want. Like, I don't care if you do fucking Reverend Jim in a spacesuit. Just do whatever you want. Um, like, <laughs> there's that story where he... Uh, well, that's why I was saying. That's why I was saying. It kind of seems like co- coinciding with Taxi kind of... <laughs> kind of goes hand in hand, but yeah. strangles the, like... They go to where where Spock's coffin was, and there's when uh, Savick and David are there. He strangles the he bug. strangles the big worm thing, and then like he just has a, like it could have been a completely silent moment, but he gets on the communicator and he just goes, "There's nothing going on here," um, and it just seemed to me like, okay, I, I guess you can say that. Um, seems kind of listening, but okay. Um, yeah, I feel like they gave also um also also kudos to him for like you know talking in Klingon. Yeah, he and did stuff. have a couple like, of, of lines in Klingon. I think this is the point at which they hired the actual uh uh UCLA linguist to to do Oh that made that made uh the guy's Klingon name is or whatever. actually Mark Ockrand. Um and they still use mm-hmm. it. I believe to this day it's still used. Um, and they, yeah, you can uh, you can major in college... it. <clears throat> well, not ma- not major in it, but like you know, you can take like there are, classes. In it. There are classes in it. Uh, they've translated. Uh, I believe it was Hamlet into Klingon. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there is a Klingon dictionary. There is a Klingon dictionary. I own it somewhere in my house. Um, and Corey, Corey actually. It's. It was. It was. They didn't translate Hamlet to it. Hamlet got translated <laughs> to English. Oh right, because according to according to uh, Chang, a couple couple movies from now, you haven't experienced Kling- uh, Shakespeare until you've heard it in the original Klingon. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I was kind of because I was really paying attention to Lloyd this time because I knew it was something that we would end up talking about, and um, I. I actually kind of think it was a missed opportunity to not... And granted, it might have been hard because he starts to take off career-wise after this movie. But it's kind of a missed opportunity not to bring this character back. Because um, he's, you know... I mean, I don't know if it would have worked in, like, The Voyage Home necessarily, but I much w- rather would have had him in The Final Frontier than that big, giant, you know... Guy, guy in the Klingon outfit who just looked like he played professional basketball, and had like three lines. Um, to me, you could. He he did he did play oh, professional did? basketball. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, oh, what the hell? Who the hell plays him? If you say James on Worthy, you're wrong. That was on TNG. Well. Yeah. No, I know. I know. He's he's in that. Yeah, you guys can keep um, talking. I just feel about like that. he would have been, and like I said before, it would have been hard, probably because of how famous he got. But it would have might have been interesting to see him come back as kind of a recurring villain, considering how often they do go back to the Klingon well. Um, especially given that he kills Kirk's kid and everything. Um, you know, you Klingon bastard! That was a great you killed moment. My son. I mean, say what. 
Say what you will about uh, how much of a hammy over actor Shatner is. And I know from what I from what I could find, Nimoy just said, you know, when it came to that scene, Nimoy just said like, okay, um, you know, you're going to be told that your kid just died. Play it however you want. And uh, there's some question as to still to this day even, and I at that Q and A i i heard somebody ask him this and he did he claimed he didn't even remember what his thinking was at the time but there's been some debate as to whether because like he falls backwards and he, and he lands like in front of his command chair and there's i guess there's question in the fan community as to whether he did that on purpose or if he just uh was in the moment and just missed the chair um but i thought either way it works well, whatever it is, it works yeah, it perfectly. Yeah, works way better than most other things he does in a lot of these movies. <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, Josh, you you brought up. A- I, and 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 to be fair, and to be fair, I do uh, I do um, quote oh, that a lot for some reason. Movie. Like whenever like somebody's being dramatic or whatever, I just sit there and I go, "Click on bastards! Yep. You killed my son." <laughs> <laughs> and just look at me like, what the fuck are you smoking? interesting to have, <laughs> even if you didn't make him like a recurring villain throughout these movies, it might have been interesting to have Lloyd come back, in the, I know, and I know he dies, but I mean, if they don't do that, it might have been interesting to have him come back in the, in the <clears throat> trial scene in Undiscovered Country as like a witness in either direction. You know, not that they necessarily need it with the show trial, but it would have been kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Josh, you brought up like the idea that Nimoy seemed to have no clue what he was doing direction wise, and that's probably true. I mean, he basically only, you know, I think they made this offer to him to keep him interested in coming back and so that he wouldn't have to be in that much of a movie either. Um, oh, yeah, it shows that he has no idea how to handle the crew. And I mean, there's definitely a, a good majority of them that are visibly on cocaine. Yeah. So it was eighty four. Yeah, I mean, he's, def- he's definitely better at it than um, than uh, uh, Shatner would go on to be a couple movies from now. Um, and we'll we'll get into that when we do Final Frontier. <laughs> producer and like he was just it was ego driven he didn't really want to be a director he just had an ego problem like Nimoy wanted yeah. to be a director and he just well they had, had they, the two <clears throat> the two of them had that favored nations thing in their deals so if the second they made Nimoy a director they were required to give Shatner a movie it was just a garbage movie um I will not I will not hear any of this slander of Leonard Nimoy as a director, okay? Do we need to have a pod about three you men and a baby? That if you want. <laughs> no, that's a great movie. It's decent. I mean, I remember liking it at the time. Um, and I, I think he's capable. He's just, you know, I don't, I don't think this movie asks him to do a whole lot. There's not a lot of, like... The, the most of the quote-unquote sequences in this movie are clearly on like sound stages and stuff, and very limited. Um, it's, it's like a very low impact hands-off yeah. movie. Yeah. 
and I mean, the camera and yeah. I mean, you would think this would be like the the logical extension of like you know somebody trying to get their hands on this thing they think is a super weapon that could completely change the way the galaxy works and you know like it kind of amazed me that you don't see like other alien races trying to trying to get their hands on this thing like this would be a way to you know you could have brought in the romulans here as another party trying to get their hands on this thing um could have been like uh that episode of tng where they're all like looking for uh that artifact thing and then ends up finding out that they were all created from the same dna or whatever the hell it was um we'll have to do that one someday um yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing I kept coming back to, is, like, it just seems so... Like, it's not bad, it just seems so contained. Like... Well, I think the, I think the problem is, is that, like, they, they saw that Khan was able to make all that money on, like, a $12 million budget. And so they're like, fine, we'll give you four more million dollars. Go out and make this movie. Yeah. And, you know... That that's what they did, you know, and then they're like, oh shit, they're like, <laughs> we kind of wrote this for a bigger yeah. budget, you know what I mean? And then it ends up like, you know, they still got essentially the same budget, so that way Paramount could make all this money back from right. the first one, probably. And so that's why they're probably like, you know, shooting it on old yep. TOS sound Apparently stages. Also, <laughs> there was a huge fire on the sound stages at Paramount around this time, and it severely impacted the filming of this movie, um, and Shatner actually. Wait, you're telling me that you're telling me that that planet blowing <laughs> up was fake? Uh, and Shatner actually went in at one point. Hate to break this through. Shatner but apparently yeah. actually went into the soundstage at one point when it was on fire and started helping people try to put the fire out, which was yeah, which is pretty oh, wow. nuts considering. Um, yeah, I mean, I just honestly, I just don't. Well, he just loved this movie so much. Yeah, I don't, you know, work. what else was TJ yeah. Hooker on the air at this time? What else was he doing? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it was. Yeah, well, cocaine might have been. Oh, yeah. Might have been on. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was. Late eighties. TJ Hooker. Not sure, <laughs> and I don't think Rescue Nine One One had started yet either. Um, by then. But it could have. Yeah, I mean, this to me just comes off like a, you know, it's not a bad film by any means. Um, It's just kind of a, in the larger sense of of the, and I even hesitate to use the word franchise here because it's not like these movies all connect to each other that much other than Khan and this one, I guess. Um, But this one kind of feels like a transitional movie. Where, like, you know, it's very functional in the sense of, Mm. like, it has a very specific goal, and some of the things they do to get to that are entertaining. Like, as silly as it is, like, I still love the thing where they go, where they go and get uh, McCoy out of the prison, and uh, Sulu, like, does the fucking judo throw, and that guy's, like, a foot taller than him, and he's just like... Don't call me tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and 
and I mean, I, I get what you're saying with the transitional thing. I mean, it kind of feeds into the fact that like a lot of fans, which I know a, a former teammate of ours didn't like the fact that the, I use this word, but it's part of a trilogy of films, you know, Wrath of Khan being the first tr- part of the trilogy, this one being the second, and then Voyage Home being the third. You know, everybody kind of groups these together as like a like a in-franchise trilogy of movies, you know, and so it kind of gives you that feel of yep. like that in-between movie where it's like, you know, it basically gets you from Khan to Voyage Boy. Home. Yeah. Not only but that, I'm Given Khan and then given this one, their ages and the fact that they were, of course, asking for more money, I wonder if they were trying to do it to transition out the old crew and be like, you know, people will still come. It's Star Trek. But then they just they were like, we're not going anywhere. Keep paying us because you know, the stories are like everybody's old. They destroy the Enterprise. They brought in Savick. They brought in David Marcus, even though they killed them off. They were like clearly testing the waters to try to bring in younger people and newer characters. And I mean, I, I don't think they had a long term plan to go to, you know, seven well, movies with the old we all, We'll also get into we'll also get into down the road. And you're right. I do think there were some there was probably some rumbling about with Kurt, with Kirstie Alley and and Robin Curtis and, and Merritt Buttrick, there was probably some talk about, you know, do we keep these characters around and they do they sort of become the uh I hesitate to say next generation of this crew, but I don't know what else to say. Um and we will talk about down the road, Undiscovered Country was originally supposed to be an Academy movie with recast versions of everyone. Um but Final Frontier was so fucking bad they decided they couldn't have those people go out on that. Um so, but yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, like, I can, I can see what Josh is saying, but I don't know if Paramount was really at this time going to risk it on another movie that essentially the motion picture was supposed to be like a new cast and a new version of Trek with, uh, you know, Seventh yeah. Heaven guy, you know, and in the same year. Huh? They killed. Off Jason Voorhees in the same year. Trust me, he was making them a hell of a lot more money than Star Trek in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that first movie lost them a lot of more money, is what I'm saying. So, I mean, I don't know if you know they really wanted to risk this franchise losing them more money by suddenly changing the characters and people going off. Oh, yeah. Fuck this! I'm no, not going to watch this movie. Well, that's what. Started thinking they would have been able to make more money just because yeah. of the brand. No, I kind of wonder, Josh, mm-hmm. too, if if you don't have a point there. But if they maybe if they done it like in a you know not in like the the whole cloth kind of way the next generation does it, where it's like fifty to seventy years later and it's an entirely new ship and new crew and stuff. But like if they had done it over the course of these movies, where you know as people as people from the original cast just kind of don't want to do it anymore, they drop off and you keep these other characters around to replace them. Like, I wonder if that would have worked. And it might not have been as abrupt as like, oh, by the way, the fourth movie, all the original people were gone and here are all these new folks you're supposed to give a shit about. Like, if they had worked in... If they had worked in David as as an eventual replacement for McCoy when Kelly got to the point where he didn't want to do it anymore. I mean... 
you know, I mean, I think there's a way to do it. Yeah, there was definitely, like, easier ways to transition to Gunner. If that's the end plan, transition, transition to a new crew, there's yeah. definitely easier ways to do it than just they end here and the new guys start here. Well, I mean, that may also be the reason why the Excelsior was always, like, very prominent along with the Enterprise. Maybe they were trying to transition away from the Enterprise and, you know, I mean, eventually Sulu becomes the captain of the Excelsior, but, I mean, maybe they were trying to, you know, kind of say, oh, hey, you remember the Excelsior from that other movie? Um, yep. You know, this is what the movie's going to be about now. Yeah. Uh, listen, I got to pop out Okay. I'll be back I had like also, I had also read somewhere that um, yeah. that Sulu was going to be promoted way earlier, and they were going to put him on, on his own ship way earlier than they do. Like it was, it was supposed to be after TMP mm. that that happened, but then, but then they yeah. decided they decided not to. Do that. Well, that's and, yeah. Well, that's. Well, that's probably that's probably mostly because of uh, the uh, you know Shatner, um, uh, Takei um, beef or whatever. You know what I mean? They probably didn't want like you know Shatner was probably like fuck him. I don't want you know I don't want you guys like you know promoting him or whatever. And so they're like, well, we can't lose Shatner because you can't lose Captain Kirk. So it's like, well, let's you know kind of sort of promote him, but not really. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think. Was... They, hate yeah, each other. they I, even I hate each other up until now. Thing got resolved fairly recently, in fact. Um, where they... I mean, I'm, I still, I don't think uh, they're like throwing parties for each other or anything. But I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's at the point anymore. Where... But they can't stand I being th- in the same room. Again. From what I'd heard, and like, Hopefully. this is even. You know, I think it's like uh, I think it's like we agree yeah, to disagree think, type of thing. Like you know, you I stay think, on your lawn, I'll stay on mine, but we won't throw like you people, know grenades at I mean, each other. I met a lot of people at that convention who had seen both of them speak a bunch um, at different iterations of that, and it seems like mm-hmm. all that kind of started to go away after Nimoy died in '16. Like they started to kind of they're like, okay, well, maybe it's not worth all this anymore. Um, Mm. Yeah, nothing yeah. like losing somebody yeah. to give you. And going to beat that next one. I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Oh, oh my! I did pay for a photo with him, so I, we'll get to meet him a little bit. Yes, he has such. <laughs> he really a, does. Uh, he has such an interesting backstory. The internment camp too. Uh, mm. Yeah, I remember him talking about that because um, when I uh, when I was working third shift, my uh, my partner on third shift would um, oh yeah uh, listen to the Stern show, and um, you know, he he went on and he was talking about it and stuff like that, and I was just like, wow, yeah. I had no idea about like any of this, and then you know yeah, it was it was really it was really so. Oh, here's one other random thing I wanted to bring up because I thought it was weird. Um, when they first find at the very beginning, near the beginning, when they first find that somebody broken has broken in the Spock's quarters, uh, Chekhov has a line in Russian that they don't subtitle. Mm. But he's like at the station, and Scotty's there, and he's talking to him, and he says a couple things in Russian that they don't bother to subtitle. So I actually looked up like 
what what was it that he said there? Was it just a bunch of gibberish or whatever? Apparently what he said in Russian was something like, I told you it was there, I'm not crazy. <laughs> which I thought... Which I thought, <laughs> which I thought was... Giving it off his good captain. Subtitle that. But, whatever. Um... Well, it's probably it's probably one of those things where like they probably didn't want to subtitle it. Cold War was still on, man. Well, I think I think the thing is is that they didn't want to subtitle it because then they would have had to be like, well, you know, you you know, what was he not saying? Blah blah blah, and then it would just kind of left a like a door open or whatever for that. So then maybe it was just kind of like, well, he's just speaking Russian. Who cares? We're not going to subtitle it, and people Um, just whatever. Because they weren't going to say People are going to be in Russian, so of course he's speaking Russian. But here's the question. Why didn't the oh, Universal can, can Translate not, translate it automatically? Can we not do that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, probably because they didn't know Russian. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know if Koenig actually was <laughs> of Russian descent or not. Um, <laughs> I know Anton Yeltsin was. Um... No, well, he's, he's definitely not Russian. No, I mean, the, kid who played, the kid who played Chekhov for JJ um, was actually Russian. To... Uh, yeah, yeah, but he I wasn't Russian was speaker. So yeah, any anything? Well, yeah, yeah so he did have some legit lines in Russian in those movies. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, we'll but get it into made that sense really, thing, but... particularly when we get to Beyond and how sad and awful all that was uh but uh and i'm still curious i'm still curious yeah yeah oh yeah they were they were uh yeah so i'm i'm you know did a quick uh search um yeah his parents were russian jewish immigrants from the soviet union i didn't think he was i oh you know why because they had because they had been living Uh, in lithuania i thought he was lithuanian that's what I thought it was, but yeah, but they uh, they were living in Lithuania and then they immigrated uh, afterwards and came here. So, but yeah, well, he's during uh, the USSR, Lithuania, Lithuania was USSR, so there was no yeah. technically Soviet Union. Oh, he was also he was also a classmate of uh, Christopher Lloyd at Neighborhood uh, Playhouse School of the Theater in uh, New York City. Huh. Oh, figure. interesting. Probably, mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe recommend him for the role. I don't know. Could have. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta say this. Um, and we yeah. mentioned it earlier, but seeing seeing Lloyd in this role, uh, which for me would have been because I didn't get into Trek until Voyage Home, which was I believe 1986. Um, and I didn't really get into Trek until TNG, which was 87. So. I had seen uh, uh, Back to the Future already, and I was absolutely shocked to see Christopher Lloyd play an evil character. I was like, really? You know, and he was like, I thought he was great, but I mean, it's it's such a departure from Doc Brown, which was like literally the only thing I'd ever seen him in that, um, you know, and I wonder if a lot of people our age felt that way. Great Scott, Marty. 
We need to get to the oh, Genesis man. planet. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, I think this is going to end up being one of our shorter ones just because I don't have a lot. Like, I did a lot of research on this one, but it was all about, like, you know, alternate, ca- you know, like, just a lot of it was just about, um, you know, Nimoy as a first-time director and all that kind of stuff and all the stuff between him and Shatner for which... And a lot of that stuff plays more into Final Frontier than this one. Now this is now this is the this is like the first time really that they've gotten into the whole like other like Vulcan other stuff, than a right? Time, like, yeah. Where it's like, really. yeah, this is definitely the, yeah. the first one where they've talked about you know, any sort of quote-unquote, and I believe the Admiral uses the term Vulcan mysticism. Um, yeah, and I was even I was even going to say, it, it seems very like, um, I don't want to say Temple yeah. of Doom, but it felt like very Temple of Doomy, where it was like, you know, I don't know, it was weird, like there's volcanoes, and they're like mixing his... Katra back into his body, and I'm like, I don't know, this is weird. Like, you know, you don't you don't really think of the Vulcans as like, m- you know, mystic people or whatever. You seem like you know very logical and blah blah blah. It's almost like they kind of they kind of want to like not retcon it, but it's almost like they don't even bring well, it up point, that like than, the Vulcans are kind of like this. At this point, other than was it. Was it that episode, Balance of Terror? Would they have known at this point that they were related to the Romulans other than that? Because, I mean, you could make an argument that a lot of the mystical, that a lot of the mystical stuff is like remnants so. of when they were before all the, all the logical, before the, all the Surak stuff. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They don't get into it all that much. And really, yeah. even, you know, I could probably count on... For all the hundreds of hours of Trek there are, I could probably count on maybe two hands the number of times they actually get into it over the different shows and shit. Like, and then also, also the fact that they just kind of like put um, Ahura yeah. in like the back seat for this one kind of sucked. Like, she's like, "Oh, I'll just meet you guys yeah. on the Genesis." planet and it, i mean i'll just meet you guys on vulcan i mean that moment, and it's like that moment with her and the younger guy is really sucks. really funny. you know it's like like i really enjoyed that but yeah it's kind of funny that i just kind of wonder if like yeah. they have no and i know it's probably in 19 in the 1980s it's probably not as bad as like in the 60s during the original show when they were getting pressure not even to have her on it or like you know certain parts certain parts of the south were like why isn't she in chains on the bridge or whatever, you know, but I kind of wonder sometimes if like, they didn't really know what to do with her in these movies. Like, well, cause the, I mean, think about it. The problem is, is that her position is really like a, a linguistics officer. So, I mean, what is she really going to do? But, and then also at the time, gone. Yeah, and then also at the time, like, you know, think about it. You have, like, you have, like, a group of, like, seven people, let's say, right? Even, like, if you look at stuff from, like, the Justice League, like, when when you have, like, the Justice League together, you know, whoever the, like, lower people on the totem pole are, it's, like, 
they don't really like right. have a ton to do unless it's something that features them. You know what I mean? So it's almost like you can't have all of these people, you know, have very big roles or whatever. That's why they kind of seem to focus on yep. the core three of Kirk, Spock, and Bones. And then Chekhov gets some funny stuff. Sulu gets some funny stuff. Scotty gets some funny stuff. But then it's like, Ahura is kind of When you're writing one of these scripts, right? And you write about her position, right? When you're writing one of these scripts, you're like, you're probably looking at it going, and it's not a disrespect Mm. to the actress or anything. Michelle Nichols is great. But you're probably looking at it from a a writing standpoint Mm. of like, okay, if her job is basically to talk on the fucking phone... Like, how interesting can we make that in a movie? Plus, plus, like, her character in general, I mean, I'm sure it was popular in certain oh, yeah. segments. Like, obviously, in the African-American community, it was popular. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, I'm sure with women, she was popular. But it's, like, overall, like, when you think about Star Trek... I mean, Ahura kind of gets the shaft a little bit because, I mean, people, you know, like Chekhov yeah. because he, you know, can't pronounce things in English, right? Or, um, you know, they like Sulu because of the sword fighting thing or whatever. Or they like Scotty because, you know, he's Scottish and, you know, is, you know, I'm, I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you can kind of make funny things about yeah. that. So they kind of put those three in like the comic relief role. And then they put the and then they put the main three in like a buddy comedy type of thing, you know. So then she's kind of the odd woman out. Like there's really nothing in the script for her. Say that again. Especially when you're talking. Yeah, I think the problem with that and not the problem with the character, but just as Justin said, like how little they wrote for her ever. Like where the other six get like define things to do i f- i feel like the entire time michelle nichols is playing this character she's more of a symbol than a she's more of a symbol than a person it was more like a hey you know we're we're and not in a pejorative way but like we're trying to show how advanced this society is in a time in like 1966 when our society wasn't anywhere near that and that having her in a role of that wasn't just like Oh, Captain, let me get you your coffee was a big deal. But then when they get to these movies, like and I don't even really think she got that much to do on the TV show, but at least there's at least there's avenues there. But in these movies it's just like she's just kinda of standing around a lot. And this character doesn't really get its due until Zoe Saldana years from now. You know? Where I think they I almost as much as I appreciate mm. what she does in those movies, because she is very good but I almost feel like they did it so aggressively to try to make up for, in some ways, almost trying to make up for how little Nichols ever gets to do. That, like, poor fucking Carl Urban, as great as he is in those movies, and we'll get to that mm. in a couple months probably, he's fucking great in those movies, and he gets relegated to the, you know, he gets kicked out of the, the core three in those movies and gets relegated to the background uh, in favor of her, which I have no problem with, but it's just like... He had he was given the best performance in any of those movies, and he just kind of gets like a couple of random jokes here and there. Uh, yeah, which is which is also why like um 
you know, even going further to now, like what they're doing with Strange New Worlds with her character. Yeah. And how they're kind of building a backstory and letting her have like, you know, a little bit of shine on this new bridge or whatever. It's like, you know, it's kind of nice because it's like I said in our reviews of that show, um, you know, they don't really give right. her a ton to do in TOS yeah. and they don't really give her a ton to do in these movies. So, you know, having a backstory, having these like moments or whatever, having a back and forth or whatever really builds on the canon of the character. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that like, you know, looking back, I mean, it was great that she was in these for like the symbolic, you know, the symbolic version of it. But it's like, it kind of sucks that you're like, well, she don't really do anything like, you know what I mean? And uh, I guess I guess it's kind of the, you know. I don't know if it's like a prisoner of the moment thing or if it's just, you know, just her being the odd person out. But it's like, I don't know, just kind of sucks when you look back at it and you're like, oh, yeah. that's right. Well, I, I um, wonder. Horror was in this movie at one point. Look at it from like, just look at it from the standpoint of what is the horror as a character that's known for. Like every non, you know, every... Star Trek fan on the surface is going to tell you, like, the first intergalactic kiss. You know, that's what stands out yeah. about her character. It's like, it's like there's so well, much. interracial kiss. Which, I mean. Yeah. Well, intergalactic as well. That's a whole separate debate. But we'll get into if we ever do that one. You know. Well, she's not but, really. Like, yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. But like, like yep. essentially, she does what like the think, Universal Translator is supposed right, to do. Justin, the and version it's like, on it's like why? Like, just for, know. just by virtue of how much screen time she's gonna get if that show goes on for like five, six years, she's gonna end up being the definitive version of this character, really. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't know because oh, I mean, yeah, a lot of people should, still hold Michelle Nichols like in high esteem. I'm, I'm so I don't know if she'll be the definitive. But, but like, and I feel bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but newer fans, when you get newer fans who are growing up or who are gonna be growing up in yep. strange new worlds, like they're gonna have a young. I feel bad too now, given more. that you know Nichols yeah. has had some elder abuse stuff, I guess, in her family and. I guess she has dementia to some degree. It's just the whole thing's just sad. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really bad. It's yeah. it's almost borderline what happened with Stan Lee, really. I mean, you know, her family's been taking advantage of yeah. her and been making her, like, sign at, like, cons and stuff. Yeah. And I've been kind of, yeah. like, forcing... And like when she signs and stuff and everything like that, and I guess her son got like guardianship, yeah. and then now he's like having some kind of issues Here, and here's stuff. Here's an example and, of how bad yeah, that's it's, getting, it's right? Really and tough, really tough to see time, but it just, we do so many Trek shows, it just keeps coming up. Um, she was supposed to be at that convention I went to, and there were a lot of people, obviously, because it was you know the first major event like that that took place after all the lockdowns and stuff. There are a lot of people that backed out of that, and a lot of a lot of the attendees were really mad that a lot of people backed out of it. But like when she backed out of it, people were like relieved. There was there was like. Mm. Well, I think I think 
I think it was less about I think it was less about COVID though, and a lot yeah, more about. I think about, it was a combination of well, both. Like, good, at least they're not nobody forcing wanted her to, to see to this. her get COVID you know from being mean? at this thing, like, and a lot of people in that community know how bad this situation is, so they're like, "Oh, good, at least she's not going to be, you know, paraded out for this one." Um, so yeah, um, I guess we can. Why don't we? Uh, I don't know exactly when we're going to do Voyage Home, but why don't we... Do we have any, like, pre-thoughts on that one at all that we can talk about a little bit? Um, well, I mean, with that one, I, uh, I mean, obviously I like pretty much, like, you know, con, you know... You know, search for Spock and you know, uh, voyage home. You know, I kind of hold not really all of those in the same light, but it's like, um, you know, I I like Voyage Home, and I think it's a really good movie. I know, I guess that's yep. a a preview. Yep. I'll, I'll I put do you enjoy in it very say much. On that one, um, but, as yeah. I said before, it was the first Trek thing I ever saw, um, and it it did not it did not immediately hook me at. Um, I would have been nine, I think, if it came out in '86, I believe. Um, I would have been nine, I think, and it didn't immediately hook me, but I was intrigued by it. Um, and then when, you know, I did kind of start to seek out the earlier films at that point, and then when Next Generation started, I was then absolutely hooked uh, to this day, as you can see from the sheer number of Star Trek related shows we've done. Um, we will. <laughs> oh, but you know what? You know what? Kind of kind of going back to this one a little bit. I know we kind of talked yeah. about, um, you know, the oh, Klingon bastard, you killed my son. But it's like, um, do you think it was like very quickly that they killed off David? Because like, I don't know, like, like watching it back, I was almost like, wow, like, I mean, I get it that, like, Kirk is, like, you know, very, like, distraught over, like, the loss of his son because he just lost his best friend and now, now, you know, now his son's no. taken away from him. But it's like, he didn't really know him for all that long. And in the, and in the confines of the movie, he only knew it was his like, son for, like, what, like a month? I almost like, wonder, too, though, you're right about that. That has occurred to me, but I almost weeks. wonder, too, if it was, like, combination of things of like not only did my best friend just die but like i just found out i had a kid or like he knew he had a kid but he was just starting to uh reestablish a relationship with him and then suddenly he dies too it's like what the fuck you know like yeah i mean i don't know i think i think it's just kind of weird that like they decided like he was gonna be the one. I guess it's because yeah. in the long run they had the um the plans for Savic, but I I don't know. It just kind of seemed like it was weird that they decided to kill David off. When I'm like, wouldn't you want to like open it so up? So I have two schools of thought bit? on this one. Number one, unfortunately, it was probably the actor. Um, given mm -hmm. how he ended up. And knowing what his proclivities were, uh, Hollywood, Paramount at that time did not take kindly to that. Okay. Anytime well, they find out about that, they try to get the hell away from it as fast as possible. Number two, yeah. if they wow. were trying yeah. to transition out the crew, 
They never would have done it to Shatner because Shatner wasn't going to go anywhere. And I mean, marketing 101, if your guy has a kid, if it's a baby or it's an adult son, it's going to age him, even though Shatner was old as fuck at this point. Um, so it was probably a creative direction to just be yeah. like, you know, he can't have a kid. He needs to still be Kirk. Well, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of to not, not really go against your first point, but yeah, wasn't everybody aware at this point that George Takei was gay? Just for clarification, maybe. And even if so, um, you know, he has been a company man all of his life. The way that he is now is the way that he was then. He yeah. knows how to say yes yeah. to the right people so and they were not really make waves when he's not to supposed a, to. Basically, a gay actor in nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. Wow. Oh, one yeah. with AIDS. Yeah, he had, yeah, yeah, he had AIDS. Definitely, yeah, he did die. Mm. To to the other point, because now that I'm aware, um, Star Trek Four was 1986. I really yeah. think it was the Friday the Thirteenth phenomenon. So Friday the Thirteenth mm -hmm. is like the most profitable, popular thing Paramount has ever done. They still fight the rights for it. Um, they killed off Jason Voorhees in part four. Why? No one knows. They were possibly going to put the kid in that movie as the new killer. They ended up doing a really weird fifth one. It's a great horror movie. It's a terrible Friday the 13th movie. The fans hated it so much that they brought him back in part six because there was going to be a revolt. So if they were planning a Star Trek to transition out the crew... And there was that much time between the movies and you have those three Fridays come out during that time. They already saw the box office result from getting rid of Jason and they would have immediately been That's like, nope, we need the old crew back. Yeah. We're not doing this. That is very interesting. I hadn't really thought of that. There's also a parallel universe for four. And we'll get in. I'm not going to get into why this happens. There's a parallel universe for four where instead of Catherine Hicks would have had Eddie Murphy. Um, and we'll we'll get into that more when we do that one. I don't want to. I don't. That's a big part of um, a big part of my angle for that one. So I don't want to get into that too much. But uh, <laughs> there is a a version of that movie where Eddie Murphy would have been their connection to modern society. Um, no, but that has would that would have been with Beverly Hills happen, Space though. Cop. <laughs> so, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't even yeah, that. definitely, he probably was, too too rich for their blood. Anything. So he wanted to do it. It was just well, we'll just throw it out because who knows? We might not do Voyage Home for a month. Uh, um, he wanted to do it. He he's a huge fan of that stuff, according to him. Uh, Paramount refused to allow him to do it because they didn't they didn't want. To, they somehow thought it would damage the Beverly Hills Cop movies if he showed up in a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I could see how that could happen. Because at this point, you know, for our younger listeners, at this yeah, point, not, geek culture and nerd culture and stuff not. like that was not acceptable in modern viewings or whatever. Yeah, it's not, you know, not everybody was... Yeah, not everybody was going to, yeah. you know, Avengers Endgame. You know what I mean? Like, it it wasn't like that back then. You know, that's why if you ever see that movie, well, Revenge of the it, Nerds. Let me put it this way. You know. 
kind of funny, uh, but it's also a, a little true. My wife, so, largely, I have know. a fairly large collection of like comic book and Star Trek T-shirts, uh, any of which would have gotten me beaten up in grade school. Where, where I just she just got me today, and mm. it just showed up today. The Anson Mount as Captain Pike shirt, uh, which I plan on wearing to work tomorrow, and no one will care. <laughs> Uh, whereas if I had done any of that stuff. Yeah, nerd, cul- nerd culture really did um, go. Did come along, way. Did we have anything planned for next week? Because I think Carlos yeah. and I have something we can use. We haven't done it yet. But, um. We could do that if everybody sees it by then. Uh, were we doing Jurassic uh. World? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to see it. I don't know. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I don't know. This weekend's a little iffy, so I don't know. I'll see. I'll see if I join you guys on that one. Milos and I were gonna do uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent this weekend. If I can sit on that and we can put it out in the middle of the week, um, we both watched that, right? Yep, we'll be oh, doing yeah. a double yeah, shot of that. Definitely, we can do that one after we do Stranger Worlds. So, yeah, just keep it, keep it, keep it in the back burner. Yeah, so just we'll record case, it like, and then uh, you guys don't do the minion, like just drop this one. And I don't uh, know whether anybody we're gonna else do all three of those at the, some point. I just haven't had I haven't had time to watch McVen yet. Um, but we'll start with Conair. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll watch. Yeah, yeah, well, I rewatched Con Air on my own, then I got the siblings to watch a couple other movies. Like, we watched The Rock. Oh, did, did, uh, we, had him, did, we had him watch uh, Cliffhanger last night. <laughs> no. No, I've been meaning to. Did, uh, did you guys did watch you uh, Hustle yet? Okay, I'll try yeah, it. Yeah, I'm saying You see that one? Uh, no, yeah. I've been meaning to. Yeah. Yeah. I've been meaning to. I'm probably, like, next week I'm on vacation, so I'm probably going to be doing the whole. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, school, the season. Yeah, you know, I mean, unfortunately, the season will be over by then. Time, but I, will I mean, watch it's kind of like a high into high into basketball, uh, but the week at some point. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, you saw. I, it I really want to do that one. one. So as far yeah, as I was I'm looking, like, just let me know when we're gonna do it, and I'm gonna be. Right. Okay. Yeah. Then we, oh, no, no, I didn't see it, but I'm gonna see it. No, he didn't see it, but he wants to do it. Yeah. So, like, oh, I just need Justin, to know when we're gonna do it so I can watch it by then. Not to not to get on a not not to get on a basketball segue, but or a tangent. But oh, uh, to, uh, uh, one of the guys that stars in that movie, Boban, he just got traded. Like they're all gonna get cut to though. the Rockets. Yeah. Yep. Sounds like all those yeah. guys are... yeah, part of part of that trade to the Rockets. Oh, maybe so. Boban can go be in John. No more, no more Luca uh, and Bo- no more Luca and Boban. Or did they? Did he kill him off? I forget. <laughs> it's not like it matters. There that you much. go. Yeah. He was in number three. I can't remember if he lives. In um, I don't think so. Possible. Um, oh, Justin, did you did you watch hmm. uh, Dynamite this week yet? 
I thought he did. Okay. If you do, if you don't watch any of it, uh, except no. this one thing, I've seen like little watch clips Will and Ospreay stuff. versus Dax Harwood. That was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> that was fucking unbelievable. That was. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't gotten to see so that far. yet, but I was really looking forward um, to it. And mm. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. you know, and I mean that's what we've been trying to tell you with like all the other stuff outside of like AEW yeah, and, and WWE I'm, and stuff I is that like New Japan has board. like so, really uh, great wrestlers. We can, we can do something for that if we. <laughs> you went from. Well, if they you went from if they weren't you went from being the, very far outside the door to it, being fully through it. Probably, <laughs> but because they're doing that, I feel like I gotta, you know. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But because yeah, that that should be really good. That was the moment Moxley where because I Tanahashi. was gonna sit that one out, and I remember talking. That should be interesting. Go back and listen to the. I don't know if any of you guys have listened to Tim Kale's show at all, but we did Double or Nothing, and he asked me about that, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm no, I'm not gonna. It's it's too close to the other one. I don't want to spend another fifty bucks, you know, whatever." Um, but then the second they put the the interim title match on, I was like, "You fuckers!" Mm. <laughs> now I kind of have to. And some of the stuff they've been setting up looks like it'll be fun, so uh, we can definitely get a decent show out of that. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it with him, just because he he keeps very much keeps to a you know he wants everything out by Monday afternoon. Usually he does like one show a week and he wants it out by Monday afternoon. And I there's no fucking way. I can watch it by then. Yeah. Like, I might be able to. I might be able to if I did half of it on Sunday and half of it on Monday. I could if nah. it on Monday night. I could do it, but probably not otherwise. Because you know he likes to. He likes to keep to that schedule, and I don't fault him. It probably makes it easier. Um, but it was nice to have him on a while back. He definitely wants to come back for Final Frontier. Um, so I'll let him know when we get close to doing that. And. Uh, Josh, you're obviously more than welcome for uh, Voyage Home. Yeah, he's always a fun guest. What your uh, position on that one is? I don't have that one. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I will sit that one out. Um, The next one that I could probably do would be First Contact. All right. Yep. Gosh, but what about the whales? Right, you gotta okay. save the whales. Right, I'm good with the whales. I'm gonna cut this off because my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut How this off because my computer's dying and I still gotta process. They don't hunt them as much these days. So. so. <laughs> yeah. Plus, not, plus, plus, John be. wants to get all I mean, of this done before thing. he sees the here's, last nail in the coffin tonight. my final tonight. position because we probably won't do another. <laughs> yeah. re- well, we will do uh, more recordings before Game Seven if Game Seven happens. My position is. They could win tonight, but it doesn't matter because they're not gonna go to Golden State and win a game seven do or die. They're just not. So either way I think either way Golden State wins. And I could do without the I mean, it sounds really negative and bad fan of me, but I could do without the extra couple days of bullshit. You know, like part of me just wants it to be over tonight. <laughs> just because I don't you know, like a game. 
Well, like a game seven, I might not even be able to watch. You know, like, you don't want to prolong right. the inevitable. You know, and my wife has been cool about it. Yeah, and then you just get like three days of like dirt. I mean, John, you can record the game. Like, you know, the Rangers lost. This is not the kind of thing. Like, like, I'd have to be that weirdo who would sit with his hands over his ears in fucking public. But. Yeah, no, I mean, you you wouldn't be able to. uh, You know, find out about the game. Be surprised around here. Go to the theater. Uh, No one's going to be talking about it. Come home and watch it. And the thing is, too, because we use public transportation. Like, I could get on the van that we use, and the guy could have the fucking game on the radio. You know, so we'll if it gets to that point, we'll figure out what we want to do. Like, she was true. She's willing to get somebody else to go with her to this thing because she knows I want to see this. They get to that, but. So far, she has struck out at attempts to actually do that. So we'll see. And I told her I would go. I told. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just. Uh, just. Just go. Yeah. And just go. It'll be fine. You know. It's actually a. You know, focus. Focus on the theater. The you know, watch Peter Pan fly around in his, you know, yeah. underwear or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean. So yeah, this is a oh, this man. is a weekend where I'm kind of catering to her my right now because um I you know my dad passed a good couple of years ago. I don't really give a flying shit about Father's Day anymore, nor have I for a couple of years. It still bothers her kind of because it's only been like two years. Um, but this is this is one of those weekends mm-hmm. where I sort of just do whatever she wants, and uh, yeah, we're going to Lightyear on Saturday because she wants to get out of the house. And um, I will most likely end up going to that thing with her at the theater because I don't do not want her to go by herself. If somebody else wants to go with her, I'm perfectly fine. Um, but I do not want her to go alone. So, but I do not think. No. But look oh, at no. it this she way: like on the bright side, she's not asking you to go skydiving. Um, <laughs> Is that you mean? Was, you mean Saturday? You guys are going like to watch Andy's favorite movie? Or something? Like I was... Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's well, the it's movie to be that the, the toy that the toy's made of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the movie that They're Andy saw to, to that made him that a Buzz fan, and so that's an that's what thing. this is, I guess. Okay. No, no, no. It's a real thing, which screws up the timeline. Buzz is like a space ranger. Okay, because I thought it was like really happened, and then they made a toy based on him, and that's the toy Mm -hmm. that Andy gets. But I gotta see as much as I I love Chris Evans, not having female and voice Buzz is gonna be strange. Yeah, they also totally like. They also totally never acknowledged the uh, TV show. Oh yeah, there was a TV. The, show. There was um, a TV show. Buzz of Star Command or whatever the hell that was. That cartoon that was I'm on. Well, that would yeah, be based on that. Curious about it, I figure it'll probably yeah. be decent. Yeah. Um, With the evil Emperor Zerg. I I think I think it's also because. Uh, rights issues or whatever because that was made by uh the other Disney subsidiary okay. uh Toontown or whatever the hell it is. 
uh, Toontown Studios or whatever. They did all those shows. Yep. And then, and then uh, we also did get and then, tickets. You know, for Pixar obviously does the main 9th. movies. I don't know. So we'll be doing that as well. We have a friend who wants to go to Elvis. I'll let you know if we end up doing that or not. Um. Oh, for Elvis. For Elvis, I'm aiming for the home uh, release. Gonna watch it at home, but I'm really looking for like. Holy shit, one Mila trailer that I actually did see, and I'm like, huh, I can get behind this. Apparently, Eminem. Apparently, Eminem has oh, a song be, on the soundtrack, and I think that's that hilarious because people were calling him the rap Elvis <laughs> back when you know back in the day. So. All right, boys, talk to you this Saturday mm. for the Star Trek stuff. Later. Yep. Let's see. Yeah. I right, man. Live right. long and prosper. Oh, Celtics. <laughs>